Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the James Bond Complex, the podcast where we discuss, rejoice, and analyze in the James Bond frara, uh, in all the shapes and forms, from Fleming to films and everything in between. Ooh. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Edgar. I'm joined with... Oh, um, me, Matt. I'm, I'm joined. And, and I'm Jason Kim, coming from Detroit, Michigan. Thank you. Oh, Welcome I like the little... Uh, yeah, city. well... We're going to Google Map your ass. Uh, so thanks for joining us, as always, Jason. Uh, for a debriefing, it's uh, a Sunday evening recording. We're just finishing off our weekend. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, it is the Sunday, July, what is today? 25th? This will go up on the 28th? Uh, it's the 26th, actually. 26th. So this will go up on the 29th. Um, there's been a few uh, big things there's been some big speculation. Uh, there have been some surprising things you could purchase if you had five seconds on your hand uh, or 007 seconds on your hand, I guess I should say. Um, this being Sunday, the day after Operation Freefall, which was organized, uh, unsurprisingly, by David Zeritsky. Uh I think that's, that's not too much of a surprise anymore. If there's a big uh, live stream event, usually David's behind it. Um, I don't think we all caught the same segments or the same amount of, of or spent the same amount of time. What did we think of uh, Operation Freefall? Uh, I enjoyed it, uh, and luckily I joined in the ones that interested, or I wouldn't say, I mean, they all interest me, so, but I caught the, I was coming back from my F-45 workout class, so I completely missed the David Arnold portion. And after I returned home, Bud West from the Bond Brain messaged me, hey, join in me with a Zoom call to watch David's form. And I was like, yeah, sure. Initially, I was going to – to be honest with you, I was going to just pass out and tur- leave it on as background noise. But, but when Bud messages you, you do as he says and join in a Zoom, <clears throat> Zoom call. And then we, we started at the second half of the stunts, and then it went into location with Martin and I forget the other guy uh, – and then, oh uh, yeah, what's his face? You, 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 you. I think it's a German name. Sorry if I botched your name, by the way. And uh, and then we went into literature, and then after that, uh, uh, and Lloyd Nance, also, Lloyd Nance from the Bond Influence joined in the Zoom mm-hmm. call as well. Also, nice. all three of us were watching and talking as it was going on, and we only so we watched stunts, locations. And literature, and then we had to part our ways after that. And obviously, me being the traveler that I am, uh, I like the locations because, uh, or I like the slideshow that they were doing because, like, they were showing the places that feature in the Bond films, a lot of countries that I've been to, but not the Bond locations that I've been to. For instance, I've been to Scotland, you know, because I love Scotch and I like, and I went to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I love Scotch, and I went to Scotland to watch. The British Open because I like watching golf in 2010 in St Andrews and but by no means did I ever go to the Rock where Sean Connery hid when he shoots down the helicopter mm-hmm. from Russia with Love and they did that and I was like oh wow you guys really took put in the effort yeah they had, I think they demonstrated some Istanbul shots I believe with the the uh, the mosques in the background and. Uh... Seem to remember that, yeah. Yeah, they did Istanbul, they did some of Portugal, Switzerland. Uh, what else did they do? Uh, they did Hamburg, the hotel in Tomorrow Never Dies. And I was telling the bud, I was like, oh, I've actually, 
you know, the thing is, like, when I was in Hamburg for four days, uh, I, you know, I walked across the city and I saw the hotel, but I didn't take a picture of it because, like, I, I didn't realize it was the hotel from Tomorrow Never Dies. And and I told miss it by that much. Yep. And I was telling Bud is because like Bud told me that he Bud asked me, am I the type of person who goes out of my way to search for the exact locations or do you just happen to fall upon it? And I was like, I'm a little bit of both. Um, I, I told him that half the bond locations I come across them because they're part of the city, just like the Hamburg Hotel or half the sites in London, whereas mm. the, the Vauxhall in Vauxhall MI6 building in London, I had to go out of my or I had to go out, not go out of my ways, but I had to put in the effort because you had to take the tube there versus like the Lazenby lamppost, the Die Another Day, Secret Door. That's already by Big Ben. So like if you're a major tourist in London, it's right next to the London Eye. So if you see the London Eye, you'll see the lamppost all at the same time. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like that is what I explained to Bud. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, no, I, I, it's funny. We were when when there was a no time to die London trip, we had a whole like, not an itinerary. We're not like obsessive about schedules, but we had a whole map. Yeah, we had. And uh, uh, it's very interesting. It was a, it's a very walkable. It's very, it's it's a surprisingly walkable city, assuming you want to sort of stay in the city's core. Obviously, you know, it's it, it's it's also a city that's very expansive. But but if you're if you're doing the touristy thing, it's it's quite walkable. Having done it for about a week. Uh, and then I remember you guys uh, asked me about Jack the Ripper and uh, and was it Da Vinci Code locations, and I was like, you know, the Temple Church is right next to the Somerset House, which is where they filmed Gold Knight, the St. Petersburg mm. scenes, and the Tomorrow Never Dies when he enters the MI6 base. And I was like, we don't have to like do all of them in the separate days. Like, if you go to one place, you're going to see the other place right next door. So. Well, look, if if there's any hesitation on my part to visit a Bond location, if you tell me it's also a Jack the Ripper location, I'm like, shit, we got to go. We I mean, go. I'm I'm dying to go. Yeah, Hyde, I think Hyde we're Park. all dying to travel. Okay. Yeah, because Hyde Park, well, you're telling me that, Matt, <laughs> but uh, Hyde Park where Jack the Ripper did all his uh, uh, serial killing is literally a stone throw away from Royal Albert Hall where the premiere mm. would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've strolled once or twice. Isn't there's a there's a um, Lady Diana Memorial at yep. Hyde Park, right? Yeah, I think I saw. Yep. It. It's not very impressive. I remember seeing it. I was like, really? That's what they made for her? It's but, like a uh, it's like a plaque. That's about it. And then uh, right next to or another stone throw away from Hyde Park is Daniel Craig's house in Layer Cake. Oh, that I did not know. Layer a little bit of Layer Cake uh, location spotting for you there. <laughs> what else did we uh, do? You guys watch of uh, Operation Freefall? Because I only thought the David Arnold interview, and to be honest, oh. it was my uh, party for my dad's uh, 72nd anniversary. So I was uh, I was preparing to uh, to go to the, the 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 event, and I caught glimpses. And I later on in the evening, I, um, right right as they were finishing, I guess they they were asking questions and I, I think I posted something on the feed and I caught five seconds there. That That's about it. Like I'll probably rewatch parts of it on YouTube, but uh, what else did you guys watch? Uh, stunts and literature and then AJ Chadwick tried to come in, but there were some technical difficulties. Oh, AJ didn't, like I, I saw, I think it's, it must be uh, his brother or something because there was somebody in the chat that, that the the same last name, but I don't think it was AJ. 
Because like his screen like blacked out, and then I think I kind of cut off from there. But what did you think of David Arnold? Because uh, like I completely missed it. He's surprisingly approachable. I found he's very down to earth, and I like his I liked his little story of how he got the the job. Basically, uh, it's a clerk at a a music store that just recommended him to Barbara Broccoli, and she listened to his uh, David Arnold project and just. Yeah. called him for a meeting and eventually he got the job That's and then um, I mean I love the work that he's done for the Bond films film quality side for the the ones that he did but I, I, I always tell people and I, I even forget this too is that he he recorded the soundtrack for the BBC miniseries Sherlock the where Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman mm-hmm. got their fame like Donna I can't place the theme for that actually. I didn't. I didn't know he. I didn't know he did it actually. But he's a great uh, composer. I, I am. I do tend to enjoy uh, the music whenever his name is associated with a project. Yeah, he seems. Uh, you know, I was telling Jason off mic this. Uh, I, I was a little bit tired on Saturday morning, so I tried to watch the interview and and I liked the snippets, but I was sort of falling in and out of sleep. He's a bit of a low-energy guy, David Arnold. He speaks very softly. Yeah, he's, he's not very excitable. So, very, like I said, he's very mellow. It doesn't seem like. Eh. It's a, mm. I don't know. If this is a what the hell? This is Sherlock. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. I dig it. I dig it. That was surprising. Um, sorry about that. Uh, no, I just wanted to throw that in there. So. <laughs> But uh, no, that was all right. Uh, I also saw a bit of the. I like the stunt. The stunts was the one I probably I paid the most attention to because uh, it was different. No one had done a stunt panel yet, and they really went into the details. They didn't just, uh, you know, they didn't just sing the stunts praises. They went into the technicalities and the tricks of the trade, um, like the octopusy. Uh, when Bond is on the horse and he's chasing the plane and he jumps from the horse to the plane, there was actually the horse saddle was equipped with something that the the, the, the horseman's foot could lever on and jump off of like those little I like learning those little details because it's a hell of an impressive stunt stunt and uh, the, the the difference between the driving the stunt driving teams that they use on diamonds are forever which is actually what led to the discrepancy in the 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 alley the alley um, there's 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 a the reason was because American stunt drivers rather have how does it go american stunt drivers when they pull that off they tend to have the driving wheel in the air french team stunt drivers when they do that prefer to prefer to have the wheel on the ground and two different teams handle that stunt so, there so you that go. means that that means that the license to kill was done by french team because it was on the ground yes yes it was indeed it was indeed so that was that was probably the one i enjoyed the most locations I must have been doing chores because I just remember Martin talking about Istanbul. I don't remember anything else. I mean, and, it was a beautiful uh, mm. slideshow that each of them were doing, and then me and Bud and Lloyd were just talking about it. And I may do a location form for Bud in this next cigar lounge event, whatever that may be. <laughs> Very excited. Well, you would be certainly if it's not going to be Martin, it should be you. Um, and uh, what else? What else? What else? Yeah, the literature one was pretty decent. Literature one was was pretty decent. Although because we're so in steeped in the books on this show, 
it was nice hearing people that speak much more eloquently than us provide that information. And I was very happy it was there. But it's true. Maybe that one didn't have as many moments where I was like, really? I didn't know that because we're talking about Fleming all the time on this show. And, and they went into the Gardeners and they went into the Anthony Horowitz and this and that. It was a, it was a good panel. I think of what I saw, I would say I like the stunts the most. I like the stunts. And I had to leave at 2 o'clock. I had to, an engagement uh, somewhere else. I do want to watch watches because I, 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 even though I don't own an Omega, I do like wearing – collecting watches that most people don't wear. Like I, I have a – my pride enjoyed it. My pride and joy is between my Braille that I bought in Milan because of the experience that I had as well as the Q swatch because you guys all designate me as the Q within the Bond community. Yes. Yes. Well-deserved. We don't do – we don't – when we designate people these things, we don't do it willy-nilly. Uh, it has to be earned, uh, quartermaster, major. Uh, yeah, so that's I, – I, 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 unfortunately, I don't have that much else to add to Freefall. I, I, it was on for four hours, but like I said, I, I, would either, I was either falling asleep doing chores or maybe didn't learn as much as I thought I would, which is not a problem. I still like AJ and the other guy that did the presenting, but it was – you know. Yeah, there was another YouTube channel that I actually watched. I was – you know, weirdly enough, on the same day, almost at the same time, they were doing a little uh, live stream about James Bond. It's called uh, Retro Blasting. They're, they're mostly focused on, on action figures and toys from the 80s. But they did uh, a stream on James Bond, and they talked about the franchise and their their preferences. And uh, the main host really likes uh, Timothy Dalton there, so... Uh, but they, uh, they they really were not big into uh, Anabashi Secret Service. That's more or less what I gathered. Mm. Um, I want to talk to you uh, guys about something that uh, was uh, uh, presented and uh, put to sale and uh, sold out within 60 seconds, I think. Uh, that uh, <laughs> Octopussy robe. Um, hmm. What you guys like? David did a review and it looks great. I, I'm, I'm like, wow, that, uh, that. If I had the money, I would have bought bought one. I don't have money, but even if I did, I don't think I would have bought one. They only made seven of those. I know. I don't understand that though. So David got one of the seven that ever made, and the other six fellas, we don't know who they are. Whoever they are, they're lucky. I. You know, I don't know why they didn't do a, like a, a Kickstarter for this. This would have been perfect for a Kickstarter experiment. You know, you you sell it at at a thousand dollars like you they did. You sell it, but it, you let all the people get in, and then you know you sell a bit more and you make more money. And the people, it's it's not only seven lucky people that that get it. It's, but that's the most frustrating part. Like, I, why I had why to, is there a backgammon? Why is there a backgammon set that costs five thousand dollars? You know, it's like it's, it's that's what they do. It's what they do. It's too exclusive. Like I was thinking, a Kickstarter, you sell a thousand dollars, we set you sell a thousand of them, or you know, even a hundred. But you make a little bit more money and you create a little bit of excitement. Uh, the excitement was gone because like as soon as it was posted posted online, like you couldn't like I I think it's I, I found out the price through uh, David because he posted out oh, it's a thousand dollars because all it said sold out I'm like okay you posted this thing but you, like, like, I would have at least wanted to know how much it was priced for even if it's overpriced for me uh, I, I still want to know how much 
uh, that's the only thing because it looks it looks beautiful. Like if uh, I was uh, I was not single, um, that's definitely something I would have bought. Oh no, it's I'm looking at it right now. It does look it's made out of silk and apparently it was made by one of the not the tailors but one of the one of the works work women who worked for Chanel Coco Chanel. So it's not like so it is a professionally made robe and. I believe uh, not, I don't know the specific accounts, but I've seen a lot of cosplay artists who don't just cosplay Bond, but like other, you know, franchises. And this wo- uh, woman in particular cosplay the Octopus Zero. Yeah, not I the, know. I've post, I, 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 she's on my uh, Instagram uh, list because I've, I've, I've put all the uh, the Instagram um, Bond cosplayer on uh, like a list on my instagram and she like i don't remember her name but she she has a great uh, octopusy cosplay and she does some belly dancing uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, it's funny speaking of octopusy cosplaying i mean last october matthew and me attended the let's bond uh, gala and you know there was some good uh you know they they had done the research and there would be people you know serving you little hors d'oeuvres or or there would be women Offering uh, like plastic golden eggs, and if you wanted to participate in a in a uh, in a draw, you would buy a little plastic golden egg. But what they were wearing was akin to an octopusy robe. So I don't know not if they cost thousand dollars, but uh, oh, so it's octopusy robes and not the cir- octopusy circus girls. I don't think anybody was dressed as octopusy. No, circle. no, 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 no. But uh, the cosplayer in question, her name, her Instagram account, if you want to look at pictures. Her name on Instagram is Razzle with two Z, Sazzle with two Z again. <laughs> Razzle Sazzle, and she she okay. she did her own version, but I don't think it's painted. It looks like it's stitched um, the octopus on her back. It's uh, it's the colors are not as good as obviously the uh, the uh, the on the recreation uh, official recreation, but it's it's pretty mm-hmm. close. I mean, uh, she did an excellent job. And plus, um, oh, she really yeah, dances. Looks good. I mean, twelve. I don't think twelve hundred dollars. Like, I know it's not simple money, but I don't think it's a it's a ridiculous amount of money. But I will say this is a uh, I spent much, much, much less than that to meet Maud Adams and and have a conversation with her than that than the price of that robe. I mean, if you give me the choice, you know, do I do I want to buy an octopusy robe or do I want to have a conversation with octopusy? I'll go with the latter. Do you want to buy octopusy or buy the octopusy robe? (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, it's something. If you, I'd be interested to see if I can actually make one myself because it's paint. Like I need a robe. I would have to practice before I I would, but I think it's something I could probably with some paint. And some space because we need to lie the thing down on a on on it on, on a big. Uh, there, there are people that can do that for you, and I don't think they charge you a thousand dollars. I think I think you can get someone to make that to you for, to yeah, make I, that for you for two or three hundred dollars. Uh, I'd, I'd you know what I'd rather have the uh, the bat towel uh, robe that the bat robe from uh, Doctor No made for my size. That's uh, that's uh, that looks much more comfier and useful for me than the sexy <laughs> like I, I, I would buy it for uh, uh for a girlfriend but right now i'm uh, I'm, I'm single so it's it's easy i'm single i'm single as hell too so i have no use for it either yeah that's the thing it's like yeah well it makes makes three of us makes uh. three of us 
We'll start our own um, podcast. Uh, single, the single Bond fans. <laughs> so what else has been? Uh, Why well, do we do we do we feel the need to get into No Time to Die speculation? Um, speculation. Sure. No, the last thing I could I could mention is that uh, I would recommend that any Canadian fan that listens to the episode this episode, please, or even. Even if you're not in Canada, uh, you know, send a message to Cineplex. Um, it's the, uh, the main distributor <laughs> in Canada, and they've been showing uh, older films lately. And uh, Edgar, you, you you messaged them, and he kind of replied to you in the dumb in the dumbest possible huh. way. Oh God, I, I didn't think you'd bring that up. Oh, why, I, well, I you... definitely had to bring this up. That was a little bit weird. It was, uh, it was. I, I had tweeted them. I don't remember what the. I, I, I used the podcast account. I, I don't use my personal account anymore. Um, so I tweeted at them once. Um, suggest. I, I think I just asked if they would be interested in playing James Bond movies. Didn't get a reply, but you know they're they're busy. You know they they're replying to a bunch of people. Whatever. And then about a week or so later, at the time of this recording, I guess it would have been a week or two ago. And uh, someone had uh, tweeted at them, uh, offering a suggestion. I don't remember what the suggestion was, but and you know, I Cineplex sort of produced their standard reply. Well, thanks for the suggestion. We'll pass this along. You know, thanks for tweeting at us. And I replied to them, which also included the chap that had offered his option. It might have been Predator. I can't remember what it was. And I replied saying. We have 24 suggestions, and I used an image that uh, featured all 24 James Bond movie posters. Oh, we have 24 suggestions. And I I used hashtag James Bond, and I used hashtag no time to die. Apparently, the problem with the tweet was that I used hashtag no time to die because Cineplex's response was, well, we don't have any official word on no time to die, but according to our calendar, it comes out in November. I was like, that wasn't the point of my tweet. Hold on a second. <laughs> I mean, whoever runs that, whoever runs that account, clearly uh, doesn't know that there are 24. Uh, uh, I think it's a faux pas, to be honest. I don't think I dare that dumb. You, you can't be uh, the Instagram or whatever social media platform and not know that there are more than like the Craig era Bond movies. I think it's just a just sloppy, a sloppy uh, social media presence job. But yeah, I if you if you have the time in I, I think a lot of people have a little bit more free time. He says, just send a message, say, hey, Cineplex, you're showing movies? Uh, you're showing all the movies. I mean, we saw Ghostbuster, Ghostbusters and Edgar and I and uh, the first Mission Impossible. And they, you saw Pulp Fiction and uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2. So, hey, this is, they've done that in the past. We saw a view to a kill. You know, there's a bunch of Bond movies I'd really love to see. Again, or for the first time on a big screen. So please, Cineplex, and please, people, send them a little message. Don't be, don't be mean. Just say, hey, it would be cool. You don't have that many movies. I don't think uh, – now, Tenet's not coming out, and I doubt that the that, uh, disaster film with uh, – what's his face from uh, uh, from 300 is going to come out. Uh, General Butler. Yeah, the, they have they had a movie. Edgar already forgot that he saw the trailer for it. I was I was Gerard, aghast the, the, the entire butter time. Of, uh, of Tomorrow Never Dies fame. Yes, yes, also also uh, as uh, lead uh, uh, boat uh, technician number six. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. 
I, yeah, if I ever meet him, I'm, I'm getting him to sign a, a Tomorrow Never Dies poster, though. That's Why not? That, Why that would not? be funny. It was a little bit disappointing. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get too excited about, about those things. But as, as someone that, that knows a thing or two about customer service uh, because of what, what I do for a living, and as someone that has to market this podcast, so as someone that's dabbled a little bit in social media and, repl- and responding to DMs and responding to questions and responding to tweets and this and that, um, it was a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of read that going like when you showed me that the response what? I was like what? and then I, I, I politely answered like well it's just you know, the original tweet was you know because we were wondering if you'd play some classic bonds that's why I showed an image with all the 24 posters and that never got a reply it was like really it was it was a little weird it it, 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 it smelled of like um, I don't have time for this Okay. That was um, our segue of Cineplex. The Cineplex segue. Uh, now the that, right. that Tenet has been pushed back, uh, speculation online for the release of No Time to Die has been running rampant. And place your bets. Place your bets. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I think people won't, don't, sorry, don't necessarily want to think about it. Uh, but I think it's. Uh, I would be surprised first. First, if that movie comes out in November, and uh, I would be even more surprised if our all of our butts are actually in England when no time to die. If no time <laughs> oh, to die comes out, that's... yeah. Unfortunately. No, no. Somebody and came I... out with a cute argument. It was it was cute. I'll give them that much. But realistically, it's like, what are you talking about? It was that uh, with all these movies scheduled for the fall and, and the holiday season uh, getting shipped out, you know, somebody said, well, like, even if the screens aren't at full capacity, oh, No Time to Die could have, cin- could have cinemas to itself. But it's saying, why, why would you have No Time to Die playing in rooms that are 25% full, even if you have six or seven rooms? It's not making enough money. So it's like, that's, that's not happening. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all the movies that we... Well, that that we saw. I don't know if the the other screenings that you you went to. Uh, it's, I mean, for Ghostbusters, maybe, maybe we were ten people in the theater, and Mission Impossible, we might have been even less people than that. I feel, like then mm. the, the, the the rooms are empty right now there in Canada at least. Uh, in the states, I don't think you guys reopened yet for the movie theaters. Uh, we have a couple of dry, a lot. Some of the movie theaters in my neighborhood in Michigan. Ha- in suburban Michigan, that is, have turned their local theaters, big theaters, that is, into drive-in movie theaters. And then there were also some old drive-in theaters that got uh, turned around, and they're playing Iron Man, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters. So a little <laughs> bit of, so a little Same bit of movies. They, they didn't play Mission Impossible, but uh, so they're playing a little bit of the Marvel movies because you know that could generate the kid, the modern-day kids, as well as the. 80s because you know it's adults who can drive cars so you got to bring in that crowd too 80s classics and marvel yeah, yeah no i mean it's fine it, it's fun to see the oldies but the goodies on screen and I, I don't know if they're charging full price over there or, or here it's 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 they're charging a uh, 30 dollars per car that's uh, a lot of coconuts i mean for a movie but i mean if you, i mean if you let's say you went in a car of four then it's like seven dollars a ticket so that's not terrible but if you're a single guy like me and and you watch the movie by it's yourself. Long. It's 
that, yeah, that's a lot. So, so you really have to, have to be like a, you have to, if you go as a family, it's totally worth it. But, mm. oh, and then, and apparently driving, I was talking with my friends, my friend Miles from Britain, and uh, he also runs a movie podcast, uh, movie podcast as well. And uh, apparently, I gotta, dri- I gotta subscribe to that. What's the name of his show? Uh, I give him a plug. Uh, hmm. While we're at it. Uh, yeah, sure. Hold on. You don't remember? Uh, movies, movie mouth podcast, movie mouth podcast. Movie mouth podcast. Yes. All right. With no S in the middle. Movie mouth podcast. Huh? So mouth. give my friend Miles Patterson and his buddy Phil a shout out. They're both be- they're both uh one's a British ex. They're both Brits, but Miles is an expat based out in New York City and uh. Him, you know, after his one of his episodes, him and I had a conversation about drive-in theaters, and he said, uh, which I, I thought drive-in theaters were prevalent around the world, but it really isn't. And he said, growing up in 80s, 90s Britain, he always thought drive-in theaters as a fantasy that just happened in America. You're it the was, man. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it didn't, it, he didn't realize that they were actual real thing until he <laughs> came, he came over here, and and I heard Britain was trying to do. Uh, what is it? Drive-in movie theaters, but then I heard it's not really taking off. And one of the main reasons is not because of the lack of interest, but it's weather. Weather. Yeah. But even, then, even here they oh. they have uh, drive-in movie theaters, but I mean in the past maybe ten, twenty years, most of them have have closed. I remember in the eighties and the early nineties, I used to go. Like I saw, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, only I shrink, shrunk the kids in the drive-in theater. Saw Batman Returns in a drive-in. I saw I saw Mission Impossible too. To, to bring it back to uh, <laughs> Ethan oh, Hunt wow. uh, in a, in a drive-in t- theater. That's probably the last film I saw in a drive-in theater. Since then, I haven't bu- been back. And the one drive-in theater uh, near my uh, home, uh, my, my childhood home in Trois Rivières, they they actually uh, turned 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 into a I think it's it, it's a camping site now. Like they tore the thing down, and it, there, mm. there's nothing, unfortunately. And then the uh, and then Miles and I joked about, or Miles joked to me about uh, about the weather in England for a drive-in movie theater, and I and we said, uh, imagine watching day after day after tomorrow <laughs> in England in a drive-in movie theater. You get a true 4D mm. experience, like raining while, <laughs> while it's raining, while the entire world is flooding in that movie. <laughs> Or Noah, that movie Noah with Russell Crowe. Oh, oh, be a good God. one too. That was be a good one. Weird movie with the rock monsters. Like I had the song for that back in the day. Rock monsters. Yeah, rock I, monsters. I, I happened to a drive drive in theater. It was brilliant. I thought it was a pretty unique experience, and I only went once my freshman year in college, and we watched Super Bad amongst me and my friends. Yeah, there you go. It's a good drive-in movie, probably. I mean, you uh, got a, you got a good laughter out of the entire parking mm, lot for sure. Yeah, yeah. Going back a little bit to No Time to Die, yeah. I was watching a, a video uh, from a, a YouTuber, but like a respected YouTuber, like a, a pop culture journalist, and they were they were talking about. Um, was it Grace? I think it was. I think it was. And they were talking about. Um, what the 2021 release schedule was starting to look out and I, I had or look like pardon me I had not realized how many of those 2021 slots are taken like if no if no time today is not coming out this year 
Like, come on. But, you know, they're the, the Bond people are going to have to make a decision like ASAP. I, they might be waiting to hear from the Jurassic – since both are being distributed by Universal, they might be waiting to hear from the Jurassic Park people to see if they can make their June 2021. But if the next Jurassic Park can make that June slot, uh, she Grace was showing the calendar, and it was like, when would No Time to Die come out in 2021? It's like December? Like, it's like, it, it didn't make any sense. So I'm, you know, in March, when the pandemic hit our shores here in North America, November sounded smart. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to hold. The problem is everybody's moved to 2021. They, they, they sh- like every single week had a movie. Some weeks had two movies because they couldn't come out this year. Like, I don't, they you know, forget. I, I think I think I've already lost the bet. I don't think they're gonna wait till Labor Day. They have to make a decision now. Mulatto, uh, I I tell these people don't contact me. M White. Oh yes. Hey, again. He's done it to me now. Yeah, it usually He's done it, does to, it me. to me. I know. I know. Well, maybe he. You know what? I think I know what's going on. I think he's decided to ask something different this time. Let's find out. It's all caps, and there are multiple exclamation marks and interrogation marks at the end of the sentence. The sentence reads, do we have people everywhere? I know. We do have people everywhere, wouldn't you agree? Whether in Michigan, Montreal, what have you. Uh, for instance, www.thejamesbondcomplex.com, which also is the Tumblr account. Believe it or not, that's what the rumor says. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Search for the James Bond Complex. We're on Twitter at the Bond Complex. Um, we're hosted by Anchor.fm. We're also on Spotify. I was actually editing an episode earlier today where I mentioned Spotify, and it reminded me that I don't mention it very often. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts. Uh, YouTube, search for the James Bond Complex, subscribe and tickle us with a thumbs up button. And uh, last but certainly not least, I'm still an Apple man at heart, so uh, search for the James Bond Complex, subscribe, leave a review, and of course a five-star glowing Golden Gun review. All three of us are active on the social medias. It's predominantly Instagram, Edgar Chapu SOS, because I'm in such big trouble. Because you're that unique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just as James Bond always returns, uh, even though it's sometimes difficult to find out when, and sometimes he'll give you a date and then say, no, it's not true. Uh, but that's what just makes it so much fun. Uh, just as James Bond always returns, so too with the James Bond complex next week with uh, with whatever we have on schedule. I don't know what it I don't is. Know. I think it's Spy Who Loved Me. I think it's Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, Christopher Wood. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was editing that today. Oh, actually. okay. Yeah. So, uh, toujours un plaisir. Merci. À la prochaine. Au revoir. 들어줘서 감사합니다. 안녕히 계세요. 아리가토 마타네. Very good. Very good. Uh, I dropped out of the call at one point, um, so uh, if you can please send me a clean, because I don't think I have the entire... Uh, sure, I'll download it. No worries. Don't worry about it, buddy.